Uh, when last we heard uh, from Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he was impressed with the fact that Daniel was able to tell him his dream and able to give him an interpretation uh, to his dream. Uh, he had declared, Surely your God's the God of gods and Lord of kings. And he promoted Daniel to a high position. And then he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be administrators over the province of Babylon. However, some years later, Nebuchadnezzar lost track of his confession. Perhaps the success of expanding his empire had gone to his head. Perhaps he just plain got forgetful. Regardless, the fact that in the dream which Daniel interpreted, Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold seems to have captured his imagination. This is where we pick up the story. If you have your Bible with you or you have a Bible app on your phone, you may want to turn to Daniel 3. But before we read God's word, let's pray together. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that we may hear your word and in your truth find freedom, peace, and joy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. And then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you're commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you've set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you. Your majesty, they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I've set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, 
We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent, the furnace is so hot, that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come out here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For no other god can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Of course, from our place, we can see what the problem is. Idolatry. The problem the three friends faced was being forced to bend a knee to an idol. They could forget themselves and bow down, They could go the route of expediency and observe Nebuchadnezzar's edict. That's what idolatry does. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar shows us the humility he experienced, falling on his face, confessing Daniel's God, all of that evaporated. Nebuchadnezzar forgets his confession. Perhaps he was holding too tightly to the first words of Daniel's interpretation. God of heaven has given you dominion and power, might and glory. He liked the power and glory that had come his way. What he forgot is that it all came from God. Instead, he builds this 90-foot tall gold statue on the plain of Dura. That's almost twice as tall as Ripon Christian's cross. And he invites everybody who is anybody to come, see, and worship. Rather than live in honor of the God of gods and Lord of kings, Nebuchadnezzar decides to honor himself. Nebuchadnezzar fell prey to the earliest form of sin. 
idolatry. He grasped for divinity. He lost his place, forgot who he was. He believed in himself. We forget our place when we idolize something that isn't God. Instead of bearing the image of God as created, idolaters bow down to an image of God. It can be as simple as putting yourself first. One of our church teachings poses the problem. Early in human history, our first parents listened to the intruder's voice. Rather than living by the Creator's word of life, they fell for Satan's lie and sinned. They forgot their place. They tried to be like God. Idolatry is putting trust in something in place of or alongside of the only true God. Idolatry is taking a part of God's good creation and making it an ultimate thing in our lives. Idolatry violates that first commandment God gave. You shall have no other gods before me. We forget our place and we try to be like God. We bear the image of God. God created us in His image. God made us so that everywhere we go, we bear this truth. God is the creator. God is the provider. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were clear on this. They confessed, We want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. They refused to give in to the temptation presented by the culture around them. They refused to put their trust in anything but God. They didn't find their identity or in something or someone other than God. Who they were wasn't defined by how many likes they had on Facebook or whether they won the state championship or whether they saluted the statue when the anthem played. Uh, they didn't find their identity in their wealth. The pursuit and acquisition of money didn't drive them all day long. Their hopes and dreams weren't dependent on their next paycheck. They didn't get obsessed about sports or video games or their next vacation or any other form of entertainment or experience. There are a variety of ways we can fall prey to idolatry. We can take even good things and turn them into ultimate things. We can make gods of money, sex, power, nation, family, even our smartphones. You want to get a lead on what idols you face? Ask yourselves these questions. Where do I spend my time? Where do I spend my money? Where do I get my joy? What's always on my mind? Our world pressures us toward idolatry. We forget ourselves. We make ourselves the center, worshiping the ground we walk on. And we forget that God made us in His image. Well, if the problem's idolatry, the solution is God our deliverer. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego banked on the truth that their future is secure with God. They knew that God is present to save. Uh, they didn't bank on something else to help them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made it clear when they said, The God we serve is able to save us from the furnace, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. Uh, the three friends understood the true character of the living God. 
They knew that God would be present to save. That deliverance is God's calling card. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had risen in prominence. They were given elite positions in the most powerful nation in the world. And then Nebuchadnezzar called everyone to worship his statue. The orchestra struck up the national anthem, and everyone, all the people, nations, and men of every language, bent the knee in adoration. Except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Not a curtsy. Not a nod of the head. They didn't budge. They did nothing to acknowledge this idol. Uh, The VIPs of Babylon ratted them out. Nebuchadnezzar summoned them. He reviewed the rules of the game. Music plays, you bow down, and they refused. Nebuchadnezzar was furious. He cranked the furnace up to its hottest, and still they wouldn't give in. They wouldn't give in because they were sure of their God. One professor says the better translation for verse 17 is like this. If our God whom we serve exists, he's able to deliver us from the burning furnace and will deliver us from your hand, O king. Thing is, there is no question in their minds that God existed. They had no doubt, no question at all that God would come through for them. The one good reason Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had for refusing to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's Nebuchadnezzar's idol and, and to standing up for God was this. Their God exists, and they trust him fully. Of course, they were also clear that even if they fully trusted God, they could still be burned to a crisp. But even if he does not rescue us, they said, We want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the image of gold you've set up. No matter what, the three Jewish exiles would remain faithful. They were sure of God, that God would be with them. They didn't know what would happen to them. Oh, sure, they didn't want to be fried. I mean, who would? But they never claimed they wouldn't die. They were sure that no matter what, God would be there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't have a faith that was certain what God would do next. They didn't believe in God because he would rescue them. They simply trusted God because God was God. Period. God invites us to a fire-walking faith. To be sure of God, even when things get hot. God calls us to follow His Son, Jesus Christ, trusting that God will go with us. The furnace may smell of death, but God will be there. In fact, strange as it may seem, God may use the fire to strengthen our faith. The question we face is, when no miracle seems to be coming, will we still have faith? Can we say, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that even if God doesn't save us from the fire, we will still worship the true God? See, there's many forms of fire that threaten living by faith. When our world is threatened by pandemics, climate change, economic injustice, war, 
terror. Will we still trust God? When we aren't healed, when the pain continues, when a loved one doesn't recover, will we still trust God? When relationships are feeling hellish, when love turns icy, when children turn away, will we still trust God? The furnace brings us face to face with the test to believe in God even when the answer is no. When there's no miracle, when there seems to be no explanation, when fear grips your soul and you could easily lose your faith, will we still enter the fire knowing that God will be there with us? Remember, God doesn't always deliver people from the furnace. There are no guarantees. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had no guarantee, and still they walked into the flames. And God met them there. We may enter a furnace of suffering. Our path might lead us into darkness. We may face fear that strikes to the core of our hearts. And still, God assures that no matter what, God will meet us in whatever furnace we face. Firewalking faith is being sure that God goes with us. Isaiah 43 puts it like this. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I've redeemed you. I've summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God. God's word to us is this. Don't worry. I'll meet you in the furnace. We may not be rescued from the flames, but God promises to be there. One person put it like this. God says, I'll meet you in the furnace. I won't deliver you from it, but I'll deliver you in it. See, God doesn't save us from the fire. God saves us in the fire. Of course, we know this is the way of God. On the night before he died, after Jesus had celebrated Passover with his disciples, he entered that furnace we know as Gethsemane. He didn't pray for comfort or riches or ease of security. He, he prayed for God's will to be done. He asked for God to be present through him. Jesus knew the way of faith, deny himself, take up his cross, follow God's way. And he trusted that God would be present when things got hot. And God was. Oh no, God didn't save him from his furnace. Jesus suffered the horrible agony of the cross. God did not deliver Jesus from death. But though Jesus died, God raised him from death. God delivered Jesus in death. God raised Jesus Christ and he offered the world the gift of life. John Calvin notes, the church of Christ has been so constituted from the beginning that death has been the way to life and that the way of the cross is the path to victory. 
That is, God invites each of us to a fire-walking faith. I don't know what furnace you are presently facing. I do know that when things get hot, our God's able to deliver us, even from the furnace. And the choice is before us. Forget ourselves, bend our knee to some idol, or remember who and whose we are, and trust that wherever we go, God will meet us there. It won't be easy. Jesus shows us that the way of the cross is God's chosen path. God might not deliver us from the furnace, but God will meet us in the furnace. And no furnace can ever overcome God's promise. Let's pray together. God, we uh, declare today uh, that you are our God. And we declare our trust in you. And we declare that we'd like to forego every idol. And we would like to have faith only in you to see that you are our God, our deliverer, uh, the one who is mighty to save. Help us to put away our trust in anything else and to put our trust solely in you, our great God. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.